You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. So where did we end off last session? In episode 35, Apis started in the greenhouse that doubles as a place of worship to the uh, the gods of um, of plant life, uh, and a headquarters to the Penkempur and Emgalshed, the warriors of the wilderness, the wanderers of the wilderness, the, the elven, mostly elven, um, faction of, of druids and rangers and outlanders and people who, who maintain the balance between civilization and the wild. And they were talking to an elven woman there about the dragon, the half-dragon creatures, the half-dragon rats and half-dragon um, squirrels that they had met and fought on the way to Fondurg. The This half-elven uh, head of the PEA had, had expressed an... Uh, expressed a reasonable worry at there being half-dragons, because where there's half-dragons, there's generally a full dragon that's creating these half-dragons. So she said, if you wouldn't mind, could you investigate it? I have a druid, uh, I, have, I have a contact for a druid lady. Uh, she's the best in the business at understanding animals and speaking with animals and getting on the animal's good side. She's practically an animal herself. Um, I can send her along with you and she can help you suss out exactly what the situation is and if or not if if there is or not um in fact a dragon now in, now living in the area in the Lannis woods so we met up with this this druid lady um a tiny tiny little two foot halfling uh called briarpatch or briar for short and briar with uh, along with us and our bee companion mel all went north of Fondurg to the Lannis woods where we had been encountered uh, where we had first encountered these these half dragon creatures and when we got there, Briar did a little um, a little ritual to cast Speak with Animals, and she spoke with a wood pigeon um, about things that were in the area and if they'd seen anything odd. And the wood pigeon said, "Yeah, it smells real weird around here lately." Um, and uh, and also there's been like a green scaly lizard-like thing flying around, which is weird. Um, and so we thought, "Hmm, there's clearly that's 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 some evidence towards there being uh, a dragon in the area." Uh, can you tell us which 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 general direction it went? And this pigeon took off and started leading us through the woods a little bit. And the deeper into the woods we got, the more the more kind of apprehensive we felt. Until eventually, there was a cracking sound of twigs and things to, uh, in a bush nearby, and the sounds of a creature speaking in draconic. Now, thankfully, because of Apis's grudge with their history against the, the green dragon that they blame for the destruction of their village, um, Apis has taught themselves Draconic over their lifetime. So Apis was able to pick up on a little bit of it before it then pushed its its uh, pig-like snout through the bushes out into the, the area where we're standing. And it said in Draconic, Ooh, father said you'd be here. It looks like dinner's come to us. And... Uh, and that's where we ended off, with this this horse-sized boar bearing down on us from outside of a bush, with a green uh, scaly snout up into um, up into its 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 green dragon-like uh, head. I 
forget the name, frills, head frills. So that's where we're starting. Because it's a, a clearly hostile situation, I'm going to get you to roll initiative straight away to see whether the boar manages to get uh, whatever it's planning to do off before you do. Now, uh, time sensitive does not necessarily mean combat. It could be a chase. It just means that I need to know who's going when and in what order. So we're going to roll initiative. We're going to go into a time sensitive uh, um, initiative order. For Apis, uh, these dice have been rolling relatively well. <laughs> I've already pre-rolled all of everybody else's stats, uh, everybody else's initiatives, so that I can put them on the board. Let's roll Apis's. <laughs> Look at that. This is why we have a dice can. Can't can't make this th stuff up. In front, rolling in front of the uh, in front of the 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 game screen, as it were. All right, so with a natural 20 plus three from my dexterity over there, Apis has got a 23. And Mel has got a plus four and uh, rolled a 17, so she added 21. So it will be you and then Mel, and then we'll see. Let's head on over to the battle map and we'll see it. Uh, wait, 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 let me head on over to the battle map. Head on over to this battle map here. Zoom this all the way in. Boop, 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 boop. There's your green dragon with its green dragon snoot. Thank you very much to Chloe May who uh, who drew this after my description of it in the last uh, session. All right. So uh, let's put this. Let's arrange these in in some kind of logical order. It was it was kind of over here in this bush. It was pushing out of the bush just as we were pushing forwards like this and. What's her face? Uh, Briar was coming in behind us, and then Mel was following us along. Let's give her a little wing token. Um, let's give her a little wing token there to show, show that she's not on the same level as us. She's like up in the air a bit, but she's overhead, let's say. So Mel rolled really well, and I assumed she'd be going first with Briar and then the boar. But Apis, luckily, has rolled even better, and so everybody's actually going to be everybody's going to be pushed down one. So how this works, how a hundred and some people act, acting as one character works in my game, in my uh, Twitch Tales games, is that you're going to be putting a code word into the chat if and only if you want to take control of Apis for this first round of combat. If you are new to Twitch Tales entirely, and especially if you are new to D&D, I would highly recommend you sitting out of this first round, just seeing how it goes, and then and then coming into the second round maybe. But if you if you know what you're going to do, if you have a feeling like your strong feeling that you have a good idea of what you want to do for Apis, uh, then type the word exclamation mark first in the chat. F I R S T. Kelso, Kelso Pie. You are up first, Kelso. You have you have control of Apis in this moment. Decide what you want to do. You have a movement, you have an action, you have a bonus action. There is a little stream off to your left. You came in from the south on the map. So if you want to run back towards the road, you'll be running back south. Uh, yes, the Dragon Ball said as it came through the bush. Father said you'd be looking for us. Seems dinner's here. Something to that effect. So the, the boar has definitely uh, referenced 
its father. And it said it in Draconic, which is a language that we can speak and understand. All right, Kelso says, we're going to get back the maximum distance we can while keeping line of sight with it. We're going to cast bonus action Hunter's Mark on it, and then we're going to attack it with a bow for extra Hunter's Mark damage. All right. I didn't think I could direct Briar. You can't. You can give, you can give like, in-character discussion with her, but she's not your character to control. So you can, like, in-character say, Hey, Briar, do this thing! But that's not your... That's that's ultimately up to me to decide how Briar acts because she's an NPC that's under my control. Same with Mel. All right, Kelso. Nice work. We are going to back up. So because you don't need to do move action bonus action in any particular order, you can bon you can Hunter's Mark immediately. So as you... as you you, you Apis is a smart enough uh, hunter and outlander to have already had their bow drawn as they were walking down these creepy woods looking for dragons. And then when a dragon popped its nose out of a bush... Uh, you would have you would have drawn your bow out, uh, pulled it up from the ground, immediately making use of your um, your knowledge from from um, Verin, uh, who taught you Hunter's Mark a few uh, days ago. You you use it to um, to mark this creature. Put a little green token on him. That's how I signify that he is Hunter's Marked. See Hunter's Mark. You make an attack. Let's make an attack roll with your... You can see in the dice cam in the top corner there. I'm going to use that same dice that just got us a 20 on initiative. Give it a good old shake-a-roo. 17. Look at that. 17 plus your attack modifier is going to be plenty enough to hit. So you are going to do a d8 from your uh, bow damage plus a d6 from your hunter's mark damage. As it drives the bow, as, as the uh, arrow hits... The green um, essence of nature that has been pulled from the, uh, the the grasses and and bark and trees around this creature, and uh, imbued itself into the skin and the scales, turning even the underside of this boar green. As the arrow hits, this this nature essence seems to tear open the wound even further, dealing extra damage to it. Uh, that's going to be one and a six is seven. Seven plus your modifier as Apis. What's your modifier? Where have I got it? It's on the screen, isn't it? There we go. Longbow, right beneath me. Uh, plus three. So seven plus three. That's ten points of damage to the boar. Uh, and I'm going to count up so that you don't know what its max HP is. But it's taken ten points of damage as you, as you loosen arrows. It strikes the boar, and then you use your movement to move back as far as you can. With your 25 feet movement, it'll get you to there and... You still have line of sight from that point through this tree to that guy. Cool. So that's your movement, your bonus action, and your action. And now Apis is concentrating. So if you take any damage... Oop, you can't quite see because I've moved you off the map. Um, if Apis takes any damage or has to do anything particularly strenuous, then they might drop Hunter's Mark. Uh, also, I need to roll this thing. Cool. Um, and then I need to pop the... One of the spell slots has been used up. Uh, plus one for the plus one arrows. Yes, well remembered. So we are using one of our plus one arrows for extra damage. Extra extra one point of damage. Nice work. All right. Did we say anything as we ran? Did we? Is there any flavour added to the uh, added to the the turn there as we ran, Kelso? Let's say go and get back up. All right. So as you as we run back, we say let's yeah we need to go get back up, 
Uh, we shout that to Briar, and we'll see if she takes that into account. All right, it is now Mel's turn. Mel has not yet used any of her once per day abilities, I don't believe, not today. Uh, it's been a day since we have rest. Have we rested? We've we've rest. Yeah, we rested since we uh, since we fought. Yeah, we arrived in town. We arrived in Fondvog late enough to rest and then come back. That's right. We rested at the uh, the, the library. That's a that was a cool that was a cool um, a cool inn that was like half library half tavern. So we have rested. So Mel hasn't used her abilities yet. Is she going to do her soporific spores or her summon militia? I reckon she could slow it down with a militia, maybe. She's not very smart, tactically wise. She's a giant animal after all. So she's probably not smart enough to know that this poison breath creature can probably take out her militia in one go. Her go-to fighting technique is usually summon help immediately. So I think that's what she's going to do. She is going to summon her militia with her action. Whoosh. Uh, she can summon it any, in any space within um, within 30 feet of herself. So she's going to summon it there. You just take a moment to in, to to, um, to enjoy the the different artworks of the different characters. By the way, <laughs> this is Briar, um, made by Sparrow, and that green dragon there. That green dragon there was the green dragon ball made by Chloe May. Very good job on both. Well done. So what does it take? Summon swarm. A swarm of biting and stinging insects. Uh, blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. Lasts until bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Cool. That is her action to do that. She is then going to fly. Does she fly towards it? Does she fly away? You did shout in common. Let's go get back up. Mel doesn't understand common. And you just made an attack roll, so she is going to attack. She's going to fly down towards it. Let's bring her to the front. And then she's going to make a sting attack against the boar. All right, so Mel's going to make an attack roll. Uh, this is a little stripey bee dice, uh, thanks to Fancy. Fancy Unicorn gave me these. Um, I'm going to roll for Mel using her Mel B dice. What's her attack modifier? She's going to... Uh, oh, sorry, no, she doesn't get to attack because she's just used her summon swan, which was her action. But she just used her movement to get to him. All right, no attack for you yet. That was her action, her movement. Now it is the swarm's turn. Let me turn the swarm on as part of her part of her token now. They go immediately after her. They are going to use her dice to make an attack against the boar. That is a 15. 15 plus the swarm's biting attack is an 18. 18 is enough to hit. And they do 2d4 plus 1 piercing damage. Where's my d4s? Uh, that's four plus one, five points of piercing damage as they bite and sting and and as these uh, uh, as Mel um, she starts to to speak in this this uh, queen bee like language and all of the all of the bushes and and grasses and uh, the the ground starts to shake as if um, as if hundreds uh, thousands of, of of biting and flying and stinging insects are coming crawling out of the ground and and dropping from the underside of leaves and f uh, swarming themselves into this this cloud of mites that bite this uh, creature for five points of damage 
That is all of Mel's turn. It is now Briar's turn. Briar, let's have a look at Briar's ability. So firstly, you're in a dangerous position. You understand animals very well. This creature is clearly some kind of hybridized animal. Uh, she's been around enough animals to know when they are dangerous and when they're hostile, and this one is definitely dangerous and hostile. Apis says, let's go get help. But then Napis's giant bee companion gets herself into a very dangerous situation. Is Briar going to go and try and help Mel, or is she going to get the heck out of there? Let's see. I think I'm going to roll for it. I'm going to roll to see which which one Briar's going to do. Which one's mm, weighted towards which one. She wants to save herself, but she definitely wouldn't leave an animal in danger if she can do so without putting herself in danger. Can she wild shape and can she do a spell? Let's have a look what spells she got. She's going to use Speak with Plants. So as her action, she... How does this look? What does it look like when she's casting spells? She's got her staff that's larger than she is. She roots it down into the ground, I think. She she realises that she needs to commune with the plants around the bush that this, uh, this boar is pushing its way out of. Um, and she drives the, the bottom of her staff down into the dirt at her feet. And as she does, she, she focuses her energy on the, uh, on the wood of the staff. And the fact that it's untreated wood, it's, it, it, it's, um, it's as natural as she can, she can keep it um, while still being moulded to, to work as a quarterstaff. And she connects that into the ground. Um, and from there, all of the roots that it kind of pushes past in the, in the dirt. And from that root network, she can, uh, she can feel and sense all of the different plants around her, all of the different grasses and weeds, the, the trees and the bushes around. And she talks with them, she speaks with them, she asks them for help, um, um, rooting out the, the pun intended, uh, the, the source of this corruption, this poisonous corruption to their forest. Uh, it doesn't specifically say that um, that it moves with her, but because it's a range of self, I'm going to assume that it does move with her. And as such, I'm going to give her an aura. I'm going to give her an aura of... Uh, it's, it's a 30-foot radius, isn't it? So 29, because it takes account for the... To take account for the actual token itself, let's give it a green aura, because she's speaking with plants. That is her aura of speak with plants. So any plants in that area, she communicates with them and she says, help us, these, these uh, creatures are a, a sickly drain on your forest. Um, together we can hinder its attack. And uh, the plants around our foes for the, uh, for the duration, for the next 10 minutes, we'll, we'll, we'll try and actively hinder them. It'll be um, difficult terrain for them. Uh, and not difficult terrain for us, provided it works out story-wise. Because if we're running, if we run through the same area in the same turn, I might like give the the plants a reaction to sort of turn themselves off or, or on or whatever. Okay, that was her action. She is going to now. <sighs> Does she run in to try and save Mel? She shouts out in Sylvan. Um, Run away! Run away! Uh, fly away! Fly away, Mel! Uh, he's too big! We're, we're going to run! And she says it in a French accent, because uh, Sylvan is French. And then she herself turns and runs. And she's only got 20 feet of movement, because she's got such little legs. Do-do-do-do-do. She runs, 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 and she meets up with you about here. That was her action. She's got a bonus action, but she doesn't have anything she can do with a bonus action because she's not a wild, uh, she's not a moon druid. 
So she can't wild shape as a bonus. I think that's Mel I think that's Bry's turn. It is now finally the boar's turn. Um the boar says in Draconic Um Oh I love it. I love it when my when my dinner runs. I've always been a fan of fast food. And he shouts, um The grounds the grounds working against me as he realizes the uh the, the, the plants are sort of coiling around his feet. The grounds working against me. Stop them He shouts this in draconic and then he <sighs> And he lets out this huge this this huge this huge breath this huge cloud of of poisonous sickly green acrid smoke uh, at both the militia and um, and Mel as these bugs are biting at his face he's just going to spray through all of them uh, Mel and the bugs both need to make a Constitution saving throw where is my other D twenty gone it's over here Constitution saving throw Bruh. Uh, Mel got herself a 10 total. And the bees got themselves a 10 also total. Both of which fail. So, uh, how much is it? Oh boy. One, two, three, four. Let's have to re-roll some of them. Uh, not the greatest, not the worst. Um, 14. Mel takes 21 points of poison damage, which sends her immediately into the wounded condition. And the bees also take 21 points of poison damage and are immediately killed. The summoned insects, enough of them are killed by this poisonous acrid smoke <laughs> that they just drop to the ground like a, a, a bug bomb has just been uh, deployed right un under them. Um, and the rest that are behind his head when he breathes out either get caught in the, um, the, 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 the dispersing smoke or they scarper because they just can't be sticking around for this anymore. Um, Mel, <laughs> her body being a much larger bee, um, doesn't take in as much smoke because she... Uh, as insects do, they breathe through their skin, and so she's taking in um, less to body ratio than she would if she was a smaller insect, so she doesn't die from it, uh, but she certainly doesn't seem to enjoy it as she <laughs> kind of like her wings give out for a second and she hits him on the snout and then kind of pull, gets her wings back under her again before she, you know. Um, so she's not looking good. That is the boar's turn. Uh, there is a movement from the creature that he was uh, speaking with the, the dragon the the thing that he was speaking in draconic to before we um, before we entered the scene as as they realize the uh, the ground is being um, worked uh, working against them due to the nature of this druid there is a beating of wings from somewhere behind him and uh, let me grab the dragon bat from off the screen here and from behind him, the half-dragon giant bat comes swooping out of the trees. And we see this creature that uh, we instantly realize the wood pigeon was trying to describe to us with a, with a terrible uh, 
a terrible intelligence, the wood pigeon was doing their best to describe a giant bat that was half dra draconic and scaly green, uh, but with without any feathers or without anything that would keep it al aloft. And so the, dra the dragon bat, who thankfully for you rolled really poorly on initiative, <laughs> flies onto the scene. I'm going to say that it, it I had in mind that it was about uh, there was about 15 feet between them so it's going to take let's put him 15 feet back off of the page here 15 feet what's through the edge of the page edge of the page is about seven feet so it's taken eight feet to get onto there and then another uh, eight feet to get there and then it's got another ooh it's got plenty of speed had to get into the air a little bit so let's say it's got it's used 15 feet which means it can now avoid some of the trees use the remaining 45 feet of movement to, to get there as it runs as it flies swooping through the trees it gets to here and then as it's as it sees you running it's about 15 feet up well it's about what would it be actually it'll, it'll have to be a little bit shy of that because I imagine it's about 10 feet in the air. Let's give it a wing token just to remind you that it's not on the same level as you. And then once it gets there, are you within range of its its, 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 its ability? Just. You are just within the 15 foot cone. So as the bat, as the, uh, the dragon bat comes swooping in, it lets out this, this, uh, swoop, this, this torrent of poisonous green smoke. And Apis needs to make a constitution saving throw. Thankfully, you're pretty good at your constitution saves. If we pop back onto the main page here, you can see your constitution is a plus two. So you've got a plus two to this roll. Uh, that's a four, however. A four constitution save. So that will be a six total. Do you want to use your inspiration or lucky horseshoe to re-roll that? have advantage against poison saves yes you do thank you for the reminder you have advantage because you're a dwarf <laughs> nine nine plus two that's an 11 so do you want to use uh, a, a lucky horseshoe or an inspiration you've got a, an 11 total you don't know if an 11 is enough to succeed or not what do you want to do and with 62 percent of the vote we have decided we are going to re-roll we're going to turn off our inspiration and we're going to use that as a re-roll of this uh, constitution save. Oops, easy bumped my thing. That's an eight. Eight plus two. So the inspiration got lower than the regular roll. So a nine. Nine plus two from constitution is an eleven. Eleven is a save. Just. So now you know in ten, ten fails and an eleven succeeds against the uh, against the dragon uh, the dragon bat anyway. So we will only take half of the damage. And then, because we are resistant to poison, we'll take half of as much again. So we will take a quarter of the damage, which is pretty useful for us. And I rolled like ass. One, two, three, four, eight. Eight and another eight is 16. Uh, 16 quartered is four. We only take four points of damage from that bat's breath. Uh, let's go four points of damage from 45 takes us to 41 because of our dwarven hardiness We are fine against it mate. We're fine against it That is the bats um, All of its movement and its attack It is now back to the top of the round 
All right, in the chat there, let's roll it. Punkbrarian, can you put us a little emote or something in the chat to say that you're still here, Punkbrarian? Concentration check, thank you, Seed, for the reminder. Let's roll a concentration check to see if we are uh, concentrating on our... Yes, we are. Uh, we, are we remain concentrating on the, um, on the Hunter's Mark. Punkbrarian, you are here. Awesome. All right, Punkbrarian, what do you want to do? All right, Punkbrarian says we are going to tell Mel and Sylvan to disengage. She will hopefully listen to us, given that she's so poorly, um, <laughs> she's so poorly hurt right now. She's badly hurt. Uh, then we're going to throw a net at the bat. That's pretty smart. We do have a net in our uh, inventory, don't we? Don't we? We've got a net right there. Look. So we have currently got our bow out. So in order to get our net out, we'll either need to bonus action stow our bow or free action drop it. Stow it for a bonus action. Cool. So that's what we do. We've, we've just fired off uh, to this, this bore and we turn and run. And as we're, to, as we're turning and running, we're um, keeping an eye on making sure that we can see the bore so that we can shoot it again. But just as we're seeing Mel flying into it, we're like, no, Mel! And we shout out in Silver, no, disengage! We need to run! It's, we can't take it! It's too much! Um, we shout out that in Sylvan, and just as we're sort of shouting this, this other one comes swooping over the treetops and and we manage to tank most of it. Some of it forces itself into our eyes and we kind of blink out, blink the um, sort of stinging uh, instant acid that's kind of made when, when the poison reacts with our tears. Um, but we think, oh, that thing needs dealing with. So we quickly throw the bow over our shoulder, reach down into our, our bag, get out the net and... Unfurl it, and as an action, we are going to throw it at the thing. Now, I'm going to just quickly look up ranges and what um, what they are and are not proficient with. I'm, I think rangers are proficient in all melee weapons, uh, in all uh, martial weapons, but I'm not 100% sure, so I'm just going to look that up real quick. Rangers, 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 weapons, all martial weapons, yeah. So rangers are proficient in nets, so you can add your proficiency bonus to the attack roll. Because of its distance from you, it's going to be a strength-based attack. You're going to make an attack at the um, the, uh, the the bat. What distance is it from you? It's 15, right? 15 feet. I think the range on a net is 10. Let me just double check. No, I'm 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 just going to go with it because I think that I'm pretty certain. So you use five feet of movement to get closer to it. You throw out that net. It's going to be a strength-based attack but you get to add your proficiency to it. So basically it is a plus three to hit with the net. Uh, six, six plus three is a nine. I'm gonna put a poll in the chat real quick to see if you want to re-roll that. Uh, basically once per day, you can re-roll any attack, saving throw or check with that. Because we just failed with the attack, Apis is gonna draw on that luck of the lucky horseshoe. Watch it disappear. Oof, there it goes. And we're going to re-roll the attack, which you can see up in my dice cam here. Come on, high numbers. 19 is a high number. It's almost the highest you can get. 19 plus 3 because of our proficiency in nets. We've got a 22. 22 is enough to hit, and the net does no damage, but this creature is now grappled. Uh, I'll put a little, let's see, there's a little restraint. There it is, the picture of a net even. It is flying and grappled, and when it comes to his turn, it, it will be tangled up and fall to the ground. Oof. Good chance to good good time to re-roll that. So that was our action, our bonus action. We still have some movement left. We've moved five feet forwards. 
we can now move the remainder of our 20 feet back away from them. If I am to understand that correctly. Boom, boom, 20 feet back to there. All right, and we're concentrating on the hunter's mark still on this green boy. That is a very successful turn. Well done, Punk Barrarian. After Apis is Mel, the giant bee companion, and after her is her militia, which are all dead now, so I can take them off the map. Sorry, militia. Mel, you've just shouted to her to disengage, and because she took more than half her, she took more than two thirds of her damage in a single round from this thing, she doesn't need telling twice. So she's going to take the disengage action. She's going to buzz back away from this creature, and then she is going to fly 50 feet, pretty much directly. Uh, buzzing around some trees and stuff. She's gonna get to here with all of her 50 feet movement That's her action and her movement and that's Mel's turn done. It is now Briar's turn. Briar is uh, Briar is concentrating. Well, she doesn't have to concentrate. She's she's still communing with the um, the plants uh, through the wood of her quarterstaff making the plants around her uh, difficult terrain for her bad for her enemies um, Mel came down to make an attack so she came down, like, she used her movement to get to engage with the boar. He breathed on her, and then she was in his melee space, and then she disengaged and ran. Um, it was a very clever idea with the net. We may have lost a net, but it may have saved our life. So, there we go. Alright, Briar, she is going to now use her action, now that everybody's away, she's going to use her action to... There we go, she uses her action to wild shape. Let me just uh, pop her token off to the... Oh, man. She's going to lose her green aura. Oh, well. I can give it to the horse instead. So she turns into a horse. You can see... Um, is this the first time Apis would have seen a druid sh wild shape? I think it probably would have been. Yeah, it probably would have been. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool to witness, even in dangerous situations. You turn around and you shout, Come on! Come on, Briar, move! And then you, you see, uh, uh, I'm coming! And as she, as she sort of leaps herself forward she she like goes into a a, a, um, a forward dive as it as it were and the staff uh, that she's pointing forward in one hand immediately sort of retracts and and absorbs into her uh, left her right arm as she leaps forward and as she leaps forward both of her uh, fingertips uh, elongate super long especially the middle one um, and as the as the uh, the fingertips elongate and then the ho hoof appears on the end of each one and within seconds before she even hits the ground uh, her neck's elongated and her ears have migrated up her head her, her um, <laughs> I just reminded myself there's actually an Instagram filter of this happening isn't it when you sort of smile and it turns you into a horse this is exactly what we're seeing she uh, becomes a um she becomes a war horse as she as she leaps herself forwards, and then she's going to use her movement to gallop up to us. She can't really get past. She can't gallop past us without hurting us. But she's going to get to here, um, and then she's used her action. She can't use a bonus action to ready or anything, but she can she can get ready to run with you on her back. That's what she's going to do. Cool, that is Briar's turn. It is now the boar's turn. The boar, let's see if he gets his breath weapon back. Alright, then he is going to run after us. And he's going to run at a, uh, a regular pace until here. Because uh, he's outside of the, the influence of your magic anymore. 
then from this point on he's got however much left but he can only move at half that half speed because of the plants that are dis that are tangling him up he's then going to dash as an action and he's going to chase you down he's going to use all of his movement to get right up in melee with you He's right up in melee with you, um, but he's used his action to dash. I think that's all he can do. All right, it is now the bat's turn. The bat, let's see if they get their weapon back, their breath weapon. All right, the bat is going to fly down. It's going to fly around the uh, after the horse. It's basically trying to catch up to... Oh, sorry, no, the bat's, the bat's uh, got a net on him, hasn't he? The bat is going to first... As, uh, as it was flying in, a second after it breathed poison on you, you throw a net up at it and uh, it's almost going to, to to miss, but just the luck of the the lady luck, whoosh, uh, the, uh, the, the wing comes beating down, catches the edge of the net, which flips it just over the top of its wing, which captures over the top of its head. It gets tangled up. It comes slamming down against the ground. Considered prone. It is going to have to use its action to try and free itself from the net. Uh, this is a dexterity check, I think, on the bat's part. Where's my, where's my giant bat? Where are you, giant bat? There you are. It's your dexterity check. Ooh, okay. So it manages with a very high number. Um, it was 19 total. Uh, it manages to throw the net off of itself, but that was its action to do so. It's going to then take to the skies. It's going to have to sort of right itself, which is going to take half of his movement, uh, meaning it's only got a small amount left, which means it can't quite get to you. It's going to fly around to here. Action to throw the thing off. It doesn't have any bonus actions. It's going to get to there. All right, now let's move this up so that we can stay in contact with the, what's going on. Uh, it fell with no way to catch itself. It did fall 10 feet, yeah. Let's, um, yeah, let's give it 10 foot of damage. Uh, 10 foot of damage is, um, doo -doo -doo -doo. that's just two points of damage. That is the bat's turn. It is now back to the top of the round with Apis's turn. Apis, let's draw who is going next. I should have done this before the bat's turn. I keep forgetting to do that. All right, who's going next? Freezer the Ice Knight. Can you put a little emote or something in the chat to say that you're still here? Hiya, awesome, you're up. Freezer, have a think about what you're gonna do. All right, Freezer the Ice Knight says, can we grab Mel? and Zephyr onto Briar. So Mel doesn't need to be grabbed. She's in the sky. So she's got her little wings on. She she took to the sky and disengaged. She's like uh, maybe 20 feet up at this point. Um, but we can Zephyr onto, we can definitely cast Zephyr Strike and get onto the Warhorse if you want to do that. You will, by casting Zephyr, you're dropping the Hunter's Mark. But one of the benefits of Zephyr Strike means that you do not take opportunity attacks when you run away from somebody. You want a Zephyr Strike and drop Hunter's Mark? Can just disengage you can disengage but disengaging will be an action whereas zephyr will be a bonus action and you'll still have your action all right we're going to zephyr strike so we spend one of these spell slots 
All right, so we use Zephyr Strike. So what does this look like? We've got nothing in our hands anymore. We've got a bow sling over our shoulder. We've lost our net potentially. Might have to buy a new one, but it's the least of our problems right now. Um, we're try we we've got a horse that gallops around in front of us, and just as we're about to get on it, we turn around and see this giant ball has just run up behind us. And as it's running, it's getting its tusks down as if it's going to impale us on the next round. Um, and as we uh, as we see it running, we seeing the um, we're seeing the plants getting dis displaced, trying to displace themselves, trying to tangle it up a little bit. Uh, as it's trying, as it's pushing through with its mere strength and might, it's pushing through all of the plants, trying to entangle it. Um, we focus in on those plants as well, and we see them slow down, and time starts to slow uh, as we cast Zephyr Strike. Zephyr means that our hunter's mark on the creature drops, but we now have uh, we're now concentrating on the thing that allows us to move like the wind. And just as it gets to us, we, we push ourselves backwards off of a, a nearby tree stump, a tree, a tree root, and we get that, advan that, that height advantage. We throw ourselves onto the back of uh, our friend Briar. We're on the top of Briar with half of our movement. We have an action and the rest of our movement left. We uh, we can't control her because she's a sentient uh, she's a sentient mount, so she doesn't take our initiative. She, she moves on her own initiative, but we can now use our action to ready or to make an attack or something. What do you want to do with your action? The freezer is talking a bonus action. Uh, it depends what you're trying to do with it. If you're just saying something to somebody like "Come on, keep keep up," then that's just a free action. It doesn't take anything. But if you're trying to intimidate or persuade or something that you're actually trying to do, then it might be a bonus. It might even be a full action. Depends how intensive you have to talk to get across what you're trying to do. Shoot the bat and then shout in draconic. Our master will hear of this. Ooh, I like it. Cool. What is it? What is it? The uh, just so I can narrate it properly, Freezer. What is it you're trying to do with that? Are you trying to intimidate them into like into thinking that you've got a draconic master that's even more powerful than you are, or what's the, What's your intent? Are you are you deceiving them? Is it intimidation? Is it deception? <clears throat> Regardless, you throw the you're trying to make them hesitate. You throw the, the, the after you're saddled, you gr grab the uh, bow off your shoulder, you grab out one of the plus one uh, manticore arrows, and you turn towards the bat. You can see that it's uh, it's got quite a lot of green dragon scales mixed in with its fur, um, giving it extra armor class than a giant bat should normally have. Uh, but with your especially hard manticore teeth arrows, you feel like it should pierce it anyway. So you then use your action to make a strike at the bat. That's a 19, 19 plus your plus seven, so 26 to hit. That definitely hits. Uh, so that's going to be a D8 damage plus four because it's a plus one arrow. There's your D8, a D8 plus four, that's, that's an eight. That's max damage as well. So eight plus four, that's 12 points of damage to this dude. 12 points of damage. And as you strike him, it hits him in a pretty critical place, it seems, with that much damage. It strikes just below the clavicle in sort of where the pectoral muscle would be. He seems to scream out uh, in Draconic and is wounded, is bloodied. You can see blood start to gush from the wound. Bluff, I guess. Yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to make them hesitate. So you're going to scream out, Our master will hear of this! And you scream that out in Draconic. Um, I'm going to roll a deception check for Apis just to see 
how well you can think of that on the spot and how well you manage to make it come out and uh, without without worrying. Zephyr damage. You can add Zephyr damage if you wanted. You can go for the... Um, if you want to use your, your once per Zephyr uh, ability to, to cause extra damage to that guy, you can. You should really tell me ahead of time, though. Uh, what was I rolling for? Oh, I got a 19 anyway. It was um, it was your intimidation, your bluff. So you got a 19 plus your charisma check, uh, your your deception, which is a plus one from your charisma there. So you got a 20, dirty 20 on your on your deception check. So you think of it in the moment. You think, I am, our master will hear of this. And you shout it out and there's no hesitation in your voice. You feel like you've done a pretty good job of um, of, of deceiving them into thinking that you have some sort of sounds good completely forgot all right we will uh we'll use the zephyr ability the zephyr uh on top of the you can't attack me when i disengage from when i run away from you ability of zephyr there's also a once per spell ability that once you've cast zephyr whatever you're concentrating on it before the spell ends you can give yourself advantage on one attack and if that attack hits it takes x an extra what is it d8 damage somebody remind me in the chat i think it's a d8 so with advantage you still would have hit just wouldn't have been a crit um, and I think it's an extra d8 damage. An extra three points of Zephyr damage. That's a, that's a lot of damage you just did to him. What was it? 15 points of damage with one arrow. <laughs> Without even using Hunter's Mark or Planar Warrior. Impressive. Alright, so that's your action to attack, your bonus action to Zephyr Strike, and half of your movement to get on the horse. So I think you did that. I already included the plus one arrow. Um, that is Apis's turn. Well done. That was a good turn. A very good round indeed. You have wounded the, the bat with that huge attack. However, it is Mel's turn now. Mel is not yet... Um, she's not enga engaged in combat because of the wings. She's, she's up in the air. I forgot to turn them off when she came down to uh, strike him in melee earlier in the fight. So excuse me about that. Um, she... Is going to with this guy being below her is she going to soporific spores she's gonna try and put him to sleep all right now she has done this before and she's accidentally gotten you in the area as well she's not a smart creature she's got a significant negative to her intelligence being that she's a giant bee is she tactically smart enough to know again that she might put you to sleep if she does it against you I'm going to give her an intelligence saving throw and see if she succeeds. What am I going to set the DC at? Slightly lower because she's done it before, so she's got a little bit of experience. But it didn't fail the last time. It, it didn't actually screw you up the last time, so it wasn't a big deal. So yes, she's done it once before accidentally, but it didn't actually fail. Uh, it might put the host to sleep, yeah. All right, Mel. Uh, there's your intelligence save. All right. She is going to uh, fly even higher. She flies up about 10 more feet, so she's now probably 30 feet in the air. She's going to center herself right above him, and then she's going to shake from side to side like a wet dog, um, releasing a cloud of pollen from her body, which floats down in the air, and as it gets to right above him, it starts to like wave backwards and forwards in this, in this sort of hypnotic pattern, which is going to try and put him to sleep. Soporific Spores has a 15-foot radius, and she centered it right on him, which means that you and the horse are both in it. 
unfortunately she failed her uh, her, wis uh, her intelligence save to uh, to realize tactically that this wasn't a good idea so you briar and the boar all have to make a constitution saving throw or fall asleep so i'll roll for you first uh, that is an 11 plus 2 from your constitution save makes it a 13 you have no rerolls so 13 is all you got and then for Briar, she got that. And then for the boar, let's choose one for the boar. <laughs> no forest bonus. Uh, the boar got that much. Uh, okay, all of you succeeded. <laughs> so the uh, everybody kind of feels like, whoa, you start to go to sleep. Um, but then you, the adrenaline kicks in and, and prevents you from falling off the horse. The horse takes a, a sort of a buckled step as they started to fall, but then <laughs> and th managed to throw it off a little bit. Uh, it is not a poison, no. It's a it's a sleep effect. If you were a if you were an, a half elf, you would have been at advantage against that because it's a sleep effect. But you ain't. That is Mel's. Oh no, that was half of uh, her movement and her action, so she's going to use the rest of her movement to then fly pretty much direct. Now that she's 30 feet up, she's going to fly another 10 feet up, she's going to get 40 feet up, meaning she's used 20 of her 50 feet. She's going to go another 30 feet this way. And now she's just able to fly above the trees and everything. She's going to go over this way to get away from the bat a little bit. That is Mel's turn. It is now Briar's turn. Briar on the horse is going to run. Now, let's see what you got which way do you can't really get out of this without running past the the dude can you you can't get over that rock very easily oh he's up in the air though oh but only about 10 feet up hmm another intelligence save to see if she can head down because you're on the back of her so the bat could take an attack of opportunity against you as she runs past him but i don't know if she would know that let's give her an intelligence check how used to having a rider is she? Not very used to it, apparently. In the moment, she's a little bit, um, a little bit more concerned with getting the hell out of there. So she runs past the bat, who's ten feet in the air, um, and the bat is going to take an attack of opportunity against you as you run past. Um, normally, if you are forced to move to leave somebody's melee range, they don't get an attack of opportunity. But when you, but when you're right, when when a mount moves you out, then the attack of opportunity can either target you or the mount. So as the bat goes to bite down at you, your your zephyr moving like the wind kicks in, and you dodge to the side. Uh, and the bat's uh, big like canine teeth come biting down at the air where you were just a moment before, just like a half second before, and you manage to avoid the attack of opportunity because of your zephyr strike. Uh, there's 40 feet of movement to there. I've run out of maps, so I'm just going to grab everybody and move you all up, back up to the top of the map. And this is almost like a chase scene now. Uh, 40 feet of movement. The horse has got another 20, so let's go boom, 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 as it's running and running and running. So she can dash as her action. She's running between trees and things as she runs. That's another 40. And there she's pretty much off the map again. She's got another 20 that she can go which will take her pretty much off the map. I'll just remember that she's 20 foot lower. We may be getting away, that's good. We may be able to get away. That was Briar's turn. It is now the boar's turn. Does he get his breath weapon back? Because he didn't last time. 
Okay, the boar is going to chase down, chase you down. He's got full movement because he's not he's outside of the the radius of it until he gets to here. With a dash, he's going to get 70 feet, and then with a dash, he can go up just another five. Um, and then what's your radius from? What's your radius from him? You're just out of range. You had to dash anyway. Then it is the bat. The bat, the bat, the bat. Actually, let's draw for Apis first so that you can be thinking about what you're about to do before next time. Who's up next? Nag! Nag! Are you in the chat? Nag! Yes, excellent. Start thinking about what you're going to do. You're on. You're up next. We have left Mel behind, and she's potentially about to fight a bat, aerial combat style. All right. Top of the bat's turn. Does he get his breath weapon back? Because he didn't last time. All right. Um. Oh yeah, another twenty foot further. Well, well remembered. So, top of the round, top of the bat's turn, rather, sees you fly, is riding off on a boat, on a, uh, a horse. Is he smart enough? What's the bat's intelligence? Is he smart enough to know that, can he keep up with you or not? Let's see. What was, alright, bat position. Put myself in the bat's position. Is he going to go for Mel, who's close by, or is he going to go for the bigger meal that's running away? Does he want to split the party with his buddy? The bee's not a big big deal to him, and it's not a, it's not a big enough meal. Although he is a bat and probably likes to eat insects. Hmm. Does he try and chase you down? I reckon, he's, he's, I reckon he's going for you. He's going for you. He's going to ignore Mel for now. He's going to fly. Oof, he's going to fly. Actually, he's going to fly up. He's going to fly in this direction, and then he's going to fly high enough. He's now on Mel's level with uh, about 40 feet in the air. Uh, about 30 feet in the air, which means he can avoid most of these treetops. He can avoid your, uh, your terrain. Um, to get in con combat with you, he's going to have to dash. So that was 65. Everybody needs to move again. This map's not big enough. Uh, you were another 20 feet this way. So you were there. Yeah, he went 65, so he's got another. Oh yeah, he can get easy enough. So he can fly down ahead of you or behind you he can get right down into melee yeah okay he's gonna swoop down in front of you he's gonna use all of his movement to swoop down in front of you um and, he, and engage you and the horse in melee uh which means he's no longer flying he's now down to melee range you did bluff them yes not enough to um not enough to intimidate them into doing anything you just said our master will hear of this. So you've made them believe that you have some sort of draconic master. Which has probably incentivized them to stop you from escaping even further because, oh god, if you've got some draconic master, they need to they need to deal with that. So still bloodied, fluttering around the head of the around the um height 
off the ground of the uh, horse's head. So that's about where you're looking. Engaging both you and the horse in melee, melee range right now. That is the bat's turn. Back to the top of the round. We've got Apis's turn. Nah, what are we going to do? You say, ready action that when we are far enough away that we don't have to disadva disadvantage and can we already play now? What? Didn't read that right. Ready action that when we are far away enough that we don't have disadvantage and can we also ready planer? You can't ready planer because it's a bonus action. You can't ready bonus actions. You can just ready an action. So you can ready an attack. Is that what you mean? Are we readying an attack? Ready to shoot. Gotcha. I forgot to add shoot. Yeah, I thought something must have been. Ready the shoot action so that we're far enough away that we don't have disadvantage. Gotcha. Because in, in, in melee range, when you're shooting somebody in melee range, you have disadvantage. Anything anything more than five feet away, um, you you can shoot them fine. So you just you're getting your arrows ready so that when the horse takes you out of range, you can shoot it. Cool. That's your action. You've got a bonus action, and you can uh, and you've got a um, a movement. You're not going to use your movement because you're on a horse, unless you want to dis dismount the horse. Uh, but let me look up the planar warrior and tell you exactly what it says, because I think if you use your bonus action now, it wouldn't help. Planar Warrior, as a bonus action, choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. The next time you hit that creature on this turn with a weapon attack, all the damage dealt by the attack becomes force damage and the creature takes an extra 1d8 force damage. So if you took your bonus action to Planar Warrior, you wouldn't, it, it, you'd have to attack it before leaving its melee range. You can't take the bonus action to Planar Warrior and then also ready it. So you're just ready, ready to shoot. Once you once you no longer have disadvantage, Zephyr again, so we can activate it. Yeah, if you wanted to, if you wanted to, we've got one more spell slot. You could drop Zephyr Strike, cast it again, and then you can give yourself advantage on the attack, which would cancel out the disadvantage of being in melee. And then once you hit, you do extra damage. You can also play a warrior with your sword. Yeah, it doesn't do as much. It doesn't. It's not quite as likely to hit. But you can also uh, bonus action. Oh, if you were playing a warrior, you'd have to drop your bow in order to play a warrior. If you use all of your spell slots, then you have nothing left to cure wounds, Mel, and you're leaving Mel potentially behind with a giant bat unless you deal with the bat. No redoing the Zephyr, just ready to shoot the bat. Cool. And nothing with the bonus action? We could just attack with disadvantage and a plus seven, yeah. Still potential to hit. You're still doing a plus seven to hit. So even with disadvantage, you might roll high. I don't think we can do anything with it. Okay, cool. So we will ready our action to strike it. You, you pull out a, um, a plus one manticore uh, arrow and you knock it and, you are, and you're ready as it flies down right above you, you're pulling out an arrow. And then as, you, as it's flying in front of you, you realize, oh God, I can't get a good, uh, a good aim on this. So you're just kind of readying um, with it being there and you're still concentrating on the, on the Zephyr Strike spell. All right. After Apis's turn is Mel. Mel is all the way up here. Where are you, Mel? She's going to fly, flying above the treetops. She flies 50 feet down to here. Then she's going to fly another 50 feet out of here. That was her action and her, her movement and her action. We're not yet out of initiative. We, we, we're, we're doing well. We can almost outrun them, but the bat can fly without hindrance. So it's uh, it's doing okay at keeping up with us. That was Mel's turn. It is now Briar's turn. Briar is going to... Does she see that this bat is wounded? Is she going to disengage and then run? Or does she kick and then run? Maybe she kicks and then runs. 
Because there's no point disengage if you kick and you might actually take the thing out. Yeah, that's what Briar's going to do. She's going to kick it with a horse kick. Uh, Briar is going to make a hoof attack at this bat that's just come swooping down in front of it. And it's seemingly trying to breathe in and get its poison breath back. Uh, that is a 20. Dirty 20 to hit. Nice work, Briar. What does it do? It does 2d6 plus 4 bludgeoning damage. She smacks her f her feet into her front feet. Um, that's 14 points of damage. Holy moly. Taking into uh, 20, 31. 31 points of damage. As the bat comes in and... And you can see that this... Um, this, this uh, greenish uh, tinge is is um, imbuing itself into the saliva of, the, of this bat as it's opened its uh, almost canine-like face. Um, its its tongue seems to like spread poison, and you can see it starting to billow at the back of its mouth. Briar brings up her feet and <coughs> slams them down onto this rat's um, uh, this bat. Sorry, uh, right in the clavicle, right above where you smashed its arrow in before. It. It's injury on top of injury, and it drives the bat to the ground. And so the second hoof comes down, and crack! You hear a sickening crack as it thumps through the back of where the, between the uh, head and the, the upper back as she stamps her other hoof down through its neck and breaks its neck. It is dead. That was a good damage roll. As she stamps on it, she then is going to scarper with her movement. Getting over the top of its difficult terrain, so that's 5, 10, 15, 20, and then another, so just 5 off of what she can normally run. Boom, 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 boom. That's 50 feet. Uh, oops, she's run herself into a corner there, so I'll take off another of that and then go back this way. That's as far as she can get. Good work, Briar. It is now Boar's turn. The Boar, ooh, I can take the bat off of the initiative order now. The bat is an X bat. The boar is going to charge after us. Thankfully for us, it has to manipulate itself around um, around trees and whatnot. It gets here um, and uh, what? It? You hear a yell of <laughs> in draconic, and then it's going to dash. It's going to get to the edge of your uh, field here where it starts to get a little bit entangled in in uh, weeds and things again. Oh, did he get his breath weapon back? Because he still didn't get it back at the start of next turn either. Uh, that's that. Good, good, good. As the, as the boar comes charging down behind us, whoosh, we can now turn around and uh, spend our readied action to fire. We readied an attack, so here is the attack. Nine. Nine plus our modifier of seven is a 16. 16 on the boar's armor class. Let me have a look. Where is it? 16 is enough to hit. So let's roll that damage. A d8 plus four. Two plus four. That is six points of damage on the boar. Taking him to 22 points of damage. You starting to look wounded yet, mate? Let's have a look. You are now starting to look wounded as we strike him somewhere. Um, it cuts across the the, the face. Uh, a chip of um, green, a chip of green um, scale comes off of his face and starts to bleed. 
That is the boar's turn. He had to use his action to dash after us. It is now back to the top of the round with Apis. Let's let's roll it on Nightbot and let's see what we want to do. We're still focusing on. We haven't taken any damage, have we? We're still focusing on um, on Zephyr. Alt Tabber, are you still in the chat? Can you give us a little? Yes, awesome. Start thinking about what you're gonna do. How far away uh, are we from the town, and how long would its sleep spell from Tranquilize Arrow work? Uh, we were about half an hour's walk, uh, half an hour to an hour's walk north of the town. Um, so about probably about I'll say half an hour on on horseback at a a, a decent pace. Um, the sleep spell from the Tranquilizer Arrow. I don't believe you were told that, um, but it would probably be temporarily. It would probably be for a matter of minutes rather than a matter of hours. Much as I love Briar joining our party, I think she's got PEA duties that would prevent her from taking along with us on adventures. Yeah, she's you're not you're not a uh, you are a solo party. You already have one companion, which was designed from the beginning to give you the ability to stay alive in fights. Um, you're not getting permanent party members. You get temporary party members like Mosh or. Briar from time to time, maybe Kathleen, but on the whole, it's Apis alone against the world. Altava says, use Planar Warrior, shoot the ball with the normal arrow, stay on the mount. We don't have any normal arrows, so you're going to use a plus one arrow, use Planar and stay on the mount. Awesome. So Planar Warrior as a bonus action, you reach down, you grab one of your, uh, your plus one arrows, your, your masterwork weapons. <sighs> Um, you draw back the, the string, and as you do so, you feel the prickling of uh, this, this force energy down your arms, this m uh, fundamental building block magic that makes up the world, uh, the, the universe around you. And you, you tap into that as a planar warrior, as a, as a horizon walker. And you loose the arrow, and as, it, as the shaft passes the, uh, the bow itself, it seems to turn ethereal. As it goes into the ethereal plane of existence on its journey towards hopefully hitting true with the boar. Let's find out. Riding from horseback, I'm gonna give you it's you're turned round, you're fight you're firing backwards. You're firing backwards at a horse at, at a giant boar that's bushing through uh, forest as you yourself are twisting and turning from the back of a horse. I'm gonna say that this is a disadvantage. You have disadvantage on the attack, uh, so I'll roll two to the lower of the numbers. And you've got no saddle, yeah. Uh, so with disadvantage, that's a nine plus seven is a 16. 16 hits, uh, so you're going to get a d8 damage from the the arrow, another d8 from Planar Warrior, and because it's a plus one uh, damage arrow, you've got a plus four to this. Two, plus two is four, plus another four is eight. Eight points, and it's all force damage. As the arrow strikes true to the boar as it's running towards, as, it's, as it brings its tusks up running, the arrow is just about to hit it in the face. It just avoids the face and hits it somewhere down um, above, between the neck and the, uh, the collarbone. And just as the arrow strikes in, it pops back into the material plane, bringing, bringing with it a bunch of force damage, dealing eight damage to it. It does not seem happy. Uh, that was your arrow damage, your planar warrior damage, and the, the arrows, yeah, bonus damage. I think that's it. Pretty sweet that you can still hit though. Apis is a good archer. 
All right, um, that is Apis's turn done. You are waiting for the horse to move you out of out of range. Good work, Alt Tabber. We will go to Mel. Mel is going to get out of there. She, you told her to fly away, and she's going to do so. Um, she is not happy. She's injured, and she's flying. So that's fifty, and then another fifty to uh, dash to bonus dash. Takes it to takes her to about there. She's, you see her take off above the tree line. She's out of there. Uh, was that our last spell slot? No, so a good thing about Planar Warrior is it's an ability from that comes from being a Horizon Walker. It is not a spell. So we can do it as many times as we want. We get it for free every every turn whenever we take a bonus action to do it, which is pretty sweet. Um, next up is Briar. Briar is just going to run. She's still doing her getting you out of there as a horse thing. So now she doesn't have to make an attack or disengage, so this might be the winning turn because she can back and forth through the trees. It's 104. She's got another 15-ish. She can get this to there. Alright, so we're overtaking Mel. She's overtaking us. We're kind of running running uh, with each other. With Mel being able to fly 100 in a straight line and us being able to, have, uh, to run 120 in zigzag lines, we're kind of going the same pace. Uh, it is now the boar's turn, and he is going to chase down us as well. He, unfortunately for him, has to uh, fly in. Uh, he has to run in zigzags as well, and unfortunately for him, he doesn't have as high a speed as the horse does, so he only gets to there. Let's see if he gets his poison breath back. He does not. It's been really. It's been really lucky for you guys that neither of the uh, neither of the half dragons actually got their poison breath back at, at any point during the fight. Um. So at this point, you are making ground on him. He can't get his poison breath back. He is wounded. He at this point, he's out of your sight because of trees and things, and there's no way of uh, no way of him catching up unless you stumbled or something. And uh, Briar's good enough at running that she's not going to stumble. Um, at this point, there's no way for him to catch you. So we are now out of initiative order. Congratulations on surviving the, the encounter with the half-dragons, everybody. We did it. So Apis runs on the back of uh, Briar. Apis and Briar run, run and run and run um, until you reach the, uh, the, the forest edge. You, you uh, burst out of the forest onto the, the path um, where you initially did your little ritual talking to the wood pigeon. And just in case he's still coming, you just don't even uh, don't even stop. Um, you sort of let Briar direct you, and she runs you all the way back to town, with her um, with her wild shape and the the length of time that it can last. She can get you all about all the way back to town without it before it runs out. And when you arrive back, um, you slide off the back of the horse, pretty pretty tired, pretty exhausted, and and look back, and there's no sign of him getting to the edge of the forest or following you or anything like that. So you've made it back to town, everybody. Congratulations. What do you want to do? You've got one spell slot left. You've got uh, a little bit of damage to yourself. <laughs> it's really unfortunate for the bat that he rolled so poorly on that damage, and you rolled so well, um, well, just well enough on your on your save against it. Because if you'd have failed the save and you'd have rolled uh, better on his poison, then he might have actually been a, a more decent threat to you. 
Cure Wounds, I'll give a Health Potion to Mel. Yeah, we could Cure Wounds on Mel. We've got one more spell left. Train for five days now. Let's celebrate not being eaten. Go back to the PEA or whatever they were called. Slam a pint of ale after a tough battle. All right, so firstly, let me put a poll in the chat as to whether or not you want to uh, use your last spell slot on Mel. 74% of Apis's brain deciding, yes, we're going to use Cure Wounds. As we arrive in at the, uh, the gates of the town, Mel catches up to us and lands on the back of Briard right before she transforms. And we focus in on the uh, energies that we get from Flonenshale, the goddess of healing. And we allow that power to, to enter our body as we let the adren adrenaline cease and our breathing go back to normal. And we think calm thoughts. We know that we're out of safety for the time, out of danger at the same time being. We're approaching a, a town where we hope we're going to be safe. So we allow that that calm serenity to enter our our blood, and we feel this warm tingle um, propagate down our arms, through our hands, and into Mel's body, where um, the the poisonous uh, gases that were sort of clinging to her bee-like fuzz. Um, it, 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 it dissipates and uh, her, her sort of coughing and <coughs> her belaboured breathing returns to a better state. How much do we cure her for? 1d8 plus wisdom. So 1d8 plus 2. 7. 7 plus 2. So we regain, uh, we double her current hit points from 9 to 18. And because 18 is more than half of 30, she has no longer got the wounded condition. So she's still not full, she's she's just above half. And yes, you are quite right. We need to now remove the net from our inventory, which we no longer have. I need to re remove a few arrows as well. Uh, thank you, Apis. Uh, that is, um, I feel much better now. Uh, oh, that was, they were quite big and dangerous. I cannot believe how many of my, my insect friends uh, were killed in one single shot by the, this thing just breathing on us. Uh, this is quite dangerous. Hey, it was. And she sort of buzzes off and the horse eventually just shrinks down as if the horse turns from uh, regular war horse down into like riding horse into pony until eventually it's this tiny little thing which then stands up on its back legs and the, the snout shrinks down into its face again and bushy hair starts to... The, the, the mane sprouts from the side into this, this full head of bushy, frizzled hair. Briar turns to us and says, uh, Well, that was... That was um, that was something, wasn't it? It was quite clearly a boar um, and, a, and a bat, um, but they're the product of product of breeding with the dragon I would say it seems that I didn't what did you understand what they were saying you seem to talk to us um in, in, a, in its own language she doesn't seem to speak draconic you see I uh when we arrived it said when we arrived it said fathers told us that you might be looking for us uh looks like dinner's here and then it attacked and then as we were running it said they're they're, they're getting away uh stop them and that's when the, the bat thing came out um and then I, sh I just shouted at them, oh, the master will hear of this just to try and intimidate them. So I think they probably think that I'm working for another dragon now, uh, which will definitely interest them, I'm sure. If I know anything about dragons, and I do know quite a bit, 
it's that they're very territorial uh, over their area uh, and they, they hate other dragons with a passion. And so if that if there is a dragon that is their father that is sticking around and teaching them draconic and such, then he won't want to know the, that there's another dragon in the area. So hopefully I've done the right thing with that. Also, thank you, Briar. We wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for your horse trick. It was very smart. And whatever you were doing with the plants, I assume that that was you. The plants seem to be moving. She says, uh, uh, yes, that was me. I've, I've got the ability to talk with plants and I can sort of ask them for favours and things. And they tend to listen if you're nice to them. And I just told the plants that they were they were in danger of being poisoned and, and sickened by these, these creatures and they could help us put an end to it. Um, so the plants were willing to help me back. Right. Well, it was certainly useful. It's it's it slowed that board down, and it did slow the board down as well. Like there was a couple of times that it, he probably could have gotten an attack off if it wasn't for that. Um. So, what do you want to do? You're outside of the outskirts of the um the town now. Do you want to go to the PEA or the Knights first? I know a couple of people were saying both. So, which one? Which one first? You're on the north side of town. So, you if you wanted to go through town. Um, you would get to the night. You'd be going past the knights, and then you'd go south of town to get to the PEA. It's whether or not you want to tell the tell the knights about anything, or like stir up any sort of rumors that are going around town already. Now the dragon invades the town to kill Apis. Maybe the knights are closer. Let's do the knights first. All right. So people are saying go to the knights first. So we um, we approach the gates. They are closed. Um, there's a. Um, uh, a man up on the the top of the gate who says who goes there ah it's you um what's your what's your business north of the town we didn't see you we didn't see you exit the town uh and you say oh hey hey joy um yeah i i we didn't we we scuttered around the town we were coming from the south from the pea um and he says oh briar i almost didn't recognize you how are you how are you doing she says uh i'm fine thank you joey (laughs) right um uh, yes, you you came. You went around the town. Yeah, we went around the town. We were investigating the Lannis Woods. Um, can we come? Yes, of course. And he waves to the people below, uh, behind the the gate below, and you hear something being pulled up and off of the 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 gate, which is opened for you. You skirt your way inside. Um, what were you doing up in the Lannis Woods? He says. Were you looking for more of those, more of these half half creatures? Um, have you got any more information you can tell us about it? What do you want to tell Joey about it? Joey's the cute one. Yeah, I never described him as cute, but you, you all seem to take to Joey really well. <laughs> so most of most of Apis's synapses seem to find Joey cute. He's a, a half-elf, I think I described him as. A Briden, a Briden, as they're known in my world. Half-elf, half-human. I said he was very handsome. Yes, because he's half elf. He's got elven blood in him, so he's got very uh, a, han- a very handsome face with a a, a, a thin. Uh, I think it's like a chin strap beard sort of thing. Just tell him we've got information for your superiors. Um, we found uh, we found more of them. Um, we've got information for the your um, superiors. And he says, right. Uh, do do you wish to talk to me in private about it, or do you want me to fetch somebody uh, higher than myself? Don't shout out to him what happened. No, we've we've walked in through the gate now. We're inside. He's come down off the wall to talk to us per, person to person. We're on the way. Uh, we, I'll I'll let the knights know at the at the temple. I'm I'm heading there now. 
Um, I'm sure they'll let you know uh, in time. And he says, right, sure. Well, it's good to see you. Good to see you're alive, Briar. Um, and nods. And he says, she's with you, yes? <laughs> Points up to the flying bee on the on the wall. Aye, she's with me. Right, you are. Um, and he turns around and walks back over to the, the steps and walks back up to the top of the wall to keep, keep watch. We walk through town. Um... We get to the center of town, the, uh, the 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 temple district, as it were, the the um, the city, the uh, town square, not really a city, town square, um, and we approach the Knights of Kavosna, the the building that doubles as both a place of worship to Kavosna, the god of protection, and also as a jail um, where the local police enforcement work, the police enforcement known as the um, the Knights of Kavosna. We walk in, and on duty is a young woman, uh, about middle uh, middle teens. Um, she's uh, she looks up as we enter. Oh, uh, hello, um, uh, hi, hello again. Um, please can. You... Oh, uh, hello, little girl. And and she says, Oh, I'm I'm not a, as little girl as you think. I'm I'm a ha- halfling. And she says, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought you were a girl. I, well, I am a girl, but no, I'm, I mean, I thought you were a little girl. I thought you were a girl. It's it's, it's okay. It happens a lot. I'm, I mean, I'm short even for a halfling, so it's fine. It's fine. No, I'm so. It's so rude of me. I'm so. I, I've caught. I, some of my best friends are halflings. <laughs> it's, it's no. Honestly, it's fine. It's, it doesn't. I don't. I don't think twice about it. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Um. Who 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 are you here to see? Um. <laughs> and and we say, oh, uh, I'd love to speak with uh, anyone that's currently on duty, anyone in charge. We say, uh, uh, is, is Pertrin on? And she says, I'm getting for him if you want. And you say, uh, yes, please. And so she, the, the girl on duty goes off and walks down behind the scenes. And we wait around for a moment, take a seat on the pew. And a moment or two later, she, he uh, he comes back and he says, um, Apis, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Uh, I'm I'm very busy. Is this what is this what what's this about? Uh, oh, Briar! It's good to see you. And then he says something to her in a language you don't understand, um, and she responds in that language as well. And obviously, from context, you can tell that he's speaking to her in Gnomish. Um, uh, and, and eventually, it's only like a, a small exchange of pleasantries by the looks of it, and then uh, he turns back to you. What? Um, what uh, what 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 can I what can you tell me? What's 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 going on? Talk to me. We say, uh, can we talk in private? We, can we can we go somewhere? And he says, uh, uh, yes, of course. Come 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 with me. And he leads he leads the two of you. And she says, oh, um, Pet Pet uh, uh, Mr Mr Smacklebum, um, are, are they meant to go back? And he says, uh, that's fine. And she says, but it's meant to be uh, one. Is it one? Is it one person per? And she says, he says, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. They're they're both with me and. Look at her. She she's barely counts as one person anyway. And she and she says, "Oh, yo, Pertrin, don't be don't be rude." And he gives her a little like elbow elbow strike uh, and just a little a little um, nudge, and she gives him a little slap on the arm. Uh, and then they 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 both sort of toddle off ahead of you, and you you walk with them. He takes you behind the scenes. He reaches up to the the door and gives the handle a twist with when his uh, his bracer lights up. Leads you into his office. And uh, please have have a seat. Have a seat. There's a, another chair over there. And you drag a chair across. Help, <laughs> help Briar up onto the chair. Right. What can you tell me? Right. Bad news, Pertrin. Um, I'm afraid they're getting bigger. Right. 
you, you found something bigger than a rat. We found something much bigger than a rat, yes. And then the camera fades to black as we expeditioned on, putting everything that's just been said about blah, 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 the, the, the boar, and they speak draconic, and he mentioned his father, and we fought a bat, and we killed the bat, but we didn't kill the boar. Uh, I managed to tell them, I, I told them as part of our escape that I was working for a master who's not going to be happy, and so that, that probably confused them. Uh, I can give you directions to where it is, blah, blah, blah. He takes down all copious notes. He's writing furiously as you're telling him all of this. Is there anything specific that you want to talk to him about? Do you, do you happen to have an extra net laying around? Is, uh, I think we've got nets in our weapons room, but um, that you're, I'm afraid you're not a, a knight of Kavasna, so I can't just be giving you weapons that we've got. Replacing nets and, and fixing weapons and things would be one of the perks of joining the knights. We thought we had to run because of how much it hurt our companion with one shot. Um, we were... We had to run during the fight because, uh, just so you know, its its whip, its breath can do quite a significant amount of damage. It nearly killed our giant bee companion in a single shot. She's not looking well still. I gave her a I gave her a um, a little medicine check. I just give her a little um, a little work, but she's uh, she's still a little bit uh, dazed, I think, from the from the attack. Uh, so letting you know that their, their their breath is not to be trifled with. I got breathed on by the uh, the giant bat as well, and thankfully my dwarven blood managed to uh, mean I didn't get too much damage in the way of it. But can't imagine I'd want to take more than a couple of those. I need some uh, recompense for the information I'm giving you. Do you just outright say say that to him? Um, is there anything in the way of recompense for this? Information I'm giving you, he says. Yeah. Oh, not just a, not just a, a good good Samaritan, are you? You want you want to um, <laughs> want in money for information, eh? Okay. Um, and you realise that he, he didn't really take that in the right way. He didn't take that in a very pleasant way. It was it seemed rather a greedy thing for us to have said to him. Do you think the uh, the the city should be put on alert? Um, you say as he um. He opens a drawer beside him. Um, well, I suppose I can. I could give you. Uh, what did you? You said you killed this thing, and but not the other one. And it's. I mean, it's good information, I suppose. Um, takes out um a little a little pouch, and he takes out a single gold piece, and he says, "How's that for your troubles?" And we take one gold piece. But we have gone down in his expectations. He is. He doesn't seem like he's. He, he's. He's. Um. Didn't seem like he took that the right way, given that it was a little bit of a, a greedy thing to ask, it seemed. If we offered to go out there, why would we be so crass to ask for money for it? You guys talk for Apis. We left the boar quite wounded about 30 minutes north of here. Uh, if you and the knights want to have a look around, my old net should be around there as well, and a few of my arrows just to... And there's probably a giant bat. I'm not sure what they do with their dead, if anything, but they're probably a giant bat that is, yeah, would help lead you to the right place. The whole place probably still smakes it stinks of that smoke. I can kind of still smell it on my clothes. Do you think we need to sell people? And he says, I don't think we need to sell people, not yet. It's definitely information that we need to get out there, but um, I think for the time being, it's important that we don't cause a, an alarm when we've got no extra information to tell them about. Um, what you've told me is not exactly... What you've told me is not exactly new information. Obviously, we didn't know the specifics, but we had anticipated 
everything that you've said uh, that there would be other animals and larger animals than the rats and there's a good chance that there's a dragon in the area but we want to make sure that people are uh, people are aware when the time comes but we don't want to cause commotion I think you you understand what I'm saying so, hey that's right it's probably important for you to re uh, recognize as well that with the existence of this boar and the bat, it means that these this dragon's been interacting with creatures uh, regularly, if you know what I mean. He says, "Yes, it seems that way." Yes. So the knights, so this the knights have this information, but you're letting people mill around out there. He says, "Well, what what would you expect us to do? We don't we can't shut down a town on the basis of a rumor. We don't have in, the full information of uh, of of the dragon. Like we've shut down all operations in the Lannis Woods. We've already talked about the." Um, lumberjack yard that was suffering problems and there's a good chance now that we know why um, and the children that went missing playing to the north they're probably a cause of that as well um, but we've we've prevent we've locked down the town and closed the gates and we're taking note of everybody who comes in and out of the town so what else would you have us do the PEA do survive on donations that is correct so do you, does the knights have a plan for this dragon? He says, I don't, I, you're, we're just learning of it now. So no, we don't have an exact plan and you're not a knight. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to start being rude, Mr. Uh, Hive. You say, not a mister. He says, I'm sorry. But, you know, I, you're, you're, you're not a knight. You're giving me this information and I appreciate it. But this is out of your hands now, okay? We, we, the way that we run the business, uh, the way that we run protection of the town is down to the people of the Knights of Kavasna. Can we not organize a runner to a big city? How about uh, uh, organizing a runner to a big city to, to get a larger contingent of knights to clear the woods? Yes, uh, we, we've already sent a uh, messenger bird off to uh, Gruskverk, um, informing them of the, the, incident of the the half dragon rats um but we will be sending new information now that we have new information of the giant boar and the the uh the, the bat as well we will be informing them of that that um progression if they have the manpower to send then i'm sure they'll send someone but it's really down to us to to control our own uh our own problems i'm sure gruskverk has a number of their own problems to deal with they were sorry for any offence. Just became stressed because our beef friend was injured. Well, I'm listen. I'm sorry. I'm feeling bad about um, before. I didn't. I don't. I'm. I'm. I don't mean to be causing any offence here. I don't want to be overstepping my mark. I know that I'm not technically a knight of Kavosna, um, and I'm. I'm appreciating that you've you've taken me in and and uh, shown me this uh, kindness. Um, I, I. I'm sorry. I'm just stressed because of what I just went through with the fight and. Uh, and my my friend Mel almost died, so I'm just I'm just just a little bit uh, on edge. And he softens to that and says, "I I appreciate that, and I'm I'm sorry for your um for your friend's uh, injury. I'm glad that all of you made it. Um, you uh, you're lucky to have had uh, Briar with you, and she's she's very good with the the forests, and she says um." Uh, so is he. He's he's very good with forests and st stuff as well. You see, uh, they. See. I'm sorry. They they they're they're very good with uh, forests as well. Um, you you're very good with knowing knowing directions and stuff. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. 
did you get a burden response? Um, did you get a burden response? Um, and it says, uh, not yet, no. We only sent it yesterday when you arrived in town late last night um, with the giant rats. It's uh, it's it's going to be a while before we get a response, I'm sure. Um, Briar, also, you mentioned you'd seen a, a half-dragon deer or something before. And she goes, uh, yeah, but that wasn't in the Lannis woods. That was... In the uh, that was in, that was in the um, uh, Giftigald forest um, back when I lived uh, back when I ventured further into there uh, and she says uh, all right that's probably not uh, worth including in the report for the Lannis then she says yeah that was that was years ago give the gold back uh, no so I'm not going to give the gold back because I made a point of Apis uh, I won't let one of you undermine something that somebody else has decided. One of you decided to ask for money, and you got money for it. Um, you've apologized for that, but you're not giving the gold back. Do you know where we can get a new net? Do you know uh, in town where we can buy a new net? Um, and he says, oh, "Yeah, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of shops around town. There's Fletchers that work with uh, the, some some um, rope work, and there's also the uh, the fishing uh, the the fishers, fishermen. They don't really have." They've got like river fisheries. Uh, they've got one fisherman who uh, supplies people to fish in the river that runs through town and things. Uh, so yeah, you could speak with the fisher or the the. Um, there's a hunting and hunting supplies uh, shop in town as well. There's, I think there's the blacksmiths may have a few nets. It depends what sort of durability of the net you're wanting, and there's all all over town. You could you could find them. Let's just buy a net. No need to annoy Pertrand any further. Uh, listen, thank you for all the information. I've got to go and report all of this to the PEA now. He says, "Oh, good. That's uh, that's that's great. I was uh, I was going to ask if you were going that way. Um, I was going to ask Briar to at the very least." And Briar says, uh, "I'll be reporting to Polython uh, everything that we've seen as well. Um, but we should just be aware that this thing that there's obviously more of them out there." Yes, I'll, I'll take I'll take a, a good note of that and make sure that uh, it's in my report and all of the knights around town know what to expect. You can see yourself out, um, and, sh- and he lets you. He, he goes to the the door with you that's got the handle on it, but as soon as he's opened the that door, he lets you out of the. He lets you find your way, own way out of the um, actual temple. All right, so we've leave the we leave the temple. Um, do we want to go to the PEA or get a, ma- a net first? All right, net first. So you say, um, listen, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna go to, um, as you, as you're walking towards the southern end of town, you see a uh, hunting supply store, and you say, I'm just gonna pop in and uh, get grab a, um, a new net, um, and she says, oh, uh, oh, okay, um, I think I'm, I'm gonna keep going to uh, the PEA. I want them to get the information as soon as possible, but you can, you can meet me there when you, when you're done. You say, all right, right, yeah, and she continues walking while you pop into the mask store um the person running the mask store is uh a an androgynous looking human um has long hair but quite a masculine face uh feminine clothing and feminine um uh, hairstyle but a, a roughly masculine face and body structure um and they look up as you enter and say um oh come on in what what um what can I do for you? Uh, you see, I'm just uh, just looking for a net. Uh, I, I had like a, um, you know, roughly, I don't know, seven foot wide net sort of thing. Uh, and I used it on a hunting, uh, a hunting trip re- recently and I lost it. Um, uh, so I'm looking to replace it. 
and they say, um, of course, uh, just come this way. And they lead you over to the um, uh, one of the walls of the, the hunting shop. And they've got a series of nets. There's like one uh, hung up above um, each of the sort of, there's like a cubby hole, like a, like a wardrobe sort of cubby hole uh, system. And they've got three different nets hung above the three different cubby holes and then like rolled up um, almost like bedroll rolls of netting, various different sizes. Which um, which one were you were you after? What sort of what sort of net would you like? What 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 sort of um, uh, things are you hunting with it? What are you after, guys? What do you what do you want? Just generic net. Do you want something that's a little larger, a little more durable, a little more, a little lighter, a little hardier? Something with something with barbs. What do you reckons? Looking for something. Um, heavy like heavy duty hard to throw off the things i'm hunting are big and strong and tend to be able to toss off uh smaller nets like this um let's, you take a little look out and let's see what the percentage is that they've got like a barbed net here oh yeah cool they've got them um uh, they, they say um oh yes of course uh this one here is actually and they pull out uh one of the ones further up the shelf this one's a very heavy net. Feel the weight of that one. And you take it and... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's heavy. What sort of size is it? And they say, um, it's just like that one up there. You see the, the one at the far right? Um, it's quite a large one. It's about the same... I think this is... Yeah, this one's actually about a foot larger than the one that's on display there in both dimensions. Um, but you can see that in the corners there, they've got actually a hook that uh, is designed to barb themselves into the, um, the the animal that you're hunting. It's not the most pleasant if you're if you're not going to be quick. I I, I wouldn't recommend this one for like a a trap that you sort of set and forget because it can cause quite a lot of stress and uh, damage and anxiety to the uh, animal that's caught in it. But in a, if 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 you're in a, um, a sort of a hunt down and grab them then it's a uh, temporarily sort of incapacitates them with a little more little more use to it uh it does take quite a bit more to create it though so it's a little bit more on the expensive side the encumbrance a thing uh not necessarily for weight per se but for for bag size you haven't got a much you haven't got much in the way of uh inventory space yeah so it can't be taking too much how expensive? How expensive are we talking? They're, they're five gold pieces. Do you have one uh, that's like weighted instead of barbed then? The same same size, but um, they're not. They, they won't stick into or, or uh, damage the the creature, but they'll um, they'll hold them down with weight instead. Um, yes, 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 yeah, uh, absolutely. This one here in the middle. Uh, this one has a series of weights around the side that are actually detachables, uh, detachable weights that you can add. It's sort of a. Let me show you. Oh, this is this one's a heavy one. Um, it doesn't feel that heavy to begin with, but if you see, if you just uh, step back a second there, and I'll, and they um, they unroll it. Um, and then they open it. They show. They bring your attention to one of the corners, and they say, um, "This one here." And uh, they've got like poppers, uh, like buttons. Undoes the button and opens up like a a corner pouch onto the thing. 
says this here is is for storing uh, rocks or things like that. You can put sand in it or rocks or just anything that's that's dense and heavy. Um, and if you fill it up and then you button it properly, then you can add extra weight to it before you. So you can take it with you without taking the extra um, without taking the extra weight onto your horse or what have you. Uh, but then when you get to where you're going, where your hunting ground is, you can then use it to. Um, you can then fill it up with weight then, sort of thing. I'm not explaining myself very well. It's late in the day, isn't it? I think I'm getting what you're saying, though. Like, it's not heavy when you take it to the place, but you can make it heavier before you actually use it. Um, how much for this one? Uh, this one's three gold pieces. Let's haggle a bit. You can definitely haggle. So haggling, basically, we can just roll. Um, it Like, you have to decide on what you're going with, uh, essentially. And then... I suppose so they've given you a price now. Yeah, all right. Let's roll a let's roll a um a haggle check essentially, which is your charisma modifier uh, plus your persuasion. You are not proficient in persuasion, so it's just a plus 1, straight plus 1. 13 plus 1, 14. All right. I'll I'll knock you off two silver. So it would be it would it would be uh two gold and eight silver. So you've haggled, uh, you've haggled off two gold pieces, uh, two two silver pieces rather. All right, yeah. Most people saying yes, take the deal. Um, hey, I'll I'll have that. Thank you. Right, you are. I'll ring you up. Is there anything else I can get for you? What sort of a hunter are you, by the way? I love your I love your bow. Can I can I have a look at it? Uh, hey, sure. You hand over your bow. Oh, it's wonderful. You keep it well. You keep the string well waxed. There's not many not not a many hunter takes a good good care of their instrument. You've got to take care of your instrument. It might save your life one day. You've got to have your bow well, your bowstring well waxed. Have you got yourself some bow wax? You can, you, and you've got a bow, and so you, it would have come with the, uh, the the things you need to keep it. Um, I don't have it here, but it's assumed to be one of the minor items that you have in your pocket or something. You've got like a stick of wax. Um, how about arrows? Can I can I interest you in any arrows? Uh, I, I, I've, I've got plenty of uh, very decent arrows. Thank you, though. How about a hunting knife? Do you have you, are you well stocked on knives? And you flip out this hunting knife that was given to you by a, um, a an elven uh, blacksmith to, for chopping off goblin ears. Oh, I see. Well, you're well equipped. <laughs> very well equipped. Um. So anyway, uh, if there's anything else we can do, we can, I can, I can get you them. Otherwise, I'll just ring you up for the the net then. I'm gonna make an insight check on your behalf. You're not proficient in insight, no. So just plus two. <laughs> Nat twenty. Nat twenty plus two. Twenty two. You are almost a hundred percent sure that this person is flirting with you. They've given you the sort of look you up and down um, and checked you out. And the things that they've been saying um, are very flirtatious in nature. Um, so just do with that what you will. Sorry, but we're really only after the net. Uh, we're in a little bit of a rush. Um, I've got a friend who's already started working. I need to kind of catch up. Um, so we should probably, uh, I should probably uh, catch up to them. Uh, all right. Let's go, I'm gonna put a poll together. Response to flirting. Uh, they take, they start rolling up the net again. 
Um, what sort of things do you uh, hunt with this this net of yours? Uh, all all manner of things. What what were you hunting when you uh, when you lost your net, your last net? What do you reckon? What do you what would you what would you say when uh, they've directly asked you what you were doing when you lost your net? Do you lie? Do you do you couch your like giant boar? Just giant boar? <laughs> a lot of people just saying boar. Uh, uh, hunting a boar. Oh right, must have been a big one. It, it was a very big one. Hey, right. Okay. Um, they take it over to the the front desk and put the uh, net down. Um, so that will be two gold and eight silver. Then I uh, I suppose if there's nothing else that we can do. All right, with thirty six percent of the vote wanting to flirt back and thirty two percent of the vote wanting to ask them out. Uh, that is two thirds of apis that want to reciprocate in some way. Um, and so Apis sees this person. Uh, I'll describe them a little, <laughs> a little more. Then um, they're human. They're about five foot uh, eight-ish. They have dark hair. Um, that is, uh, it's sort of a naturally wavy hair that's got somewhat of a center parting. Uh, it goes down to the shoulders and then a little bit down to uh, probably about mid shoulder blades. Um, they're wearing a, a sort of floral um, patterned. It's kind of like a dress, but it's um, it's it's like a dress with shorts. Play suit. Play suit is the word I was thinking of. A play suit. I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, and they've got um, non non intrusive uh, jewelry around their, their their wrist. They've just got two uh, metal braces bracelets, um, and uh, and and rings on three of their fingers. And their perfume is quite um, quite pleasant. They are, um, yeah, they've got a, a quite um, masculine jaw um, and a and and a naturally uh, wide gait to their their shoulders. Um, and as they ring us up and ask for uh, ask us for two gold and uh, eight silver, we respond with how about how about um, how about I give you two gold and. <laughs> How about I give you two gold and five silver, and in response, in in in, uh, in response, I can pay you the extra three by taking you to dinner. They say, I, I, you don't even know my name yet. See, well, that's the sort of thing that we can learn about each other over dinner. <laughs> What's your name? My name is Epis. What's yours? I'm Sam. It's lovely to meet you, Sam. What time do you finish? Uh, I finish um, any any minute now, really. Probably about another hour or so when the when the sun starts to get down. Right? What? Um, shall I come back here then and uh, and and pick you up? That sounds good to me. What would you uh, What would you like? Uh, where would you like to eat? I don't really know Fondog so well, so maybe we decide that uh, when the time comes. Eh? Right, you are. <laughs> I'll see you then. <laughs> I still need that two gold, five silver though. Oh, right, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, so you take two gold off, and then you leave the store, feeling uh, feeling n- nervous and anxious, and uh, fluttering like a 
uh, fluttering like a, a, a younger a younger person. Um, it's been a long time since Apis has been on a date. So you've got yourself a net back, and it's a weighted net, so it costs you a little bit more, but you can use it as a normal um, you can use it as a normal net as 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 the last one was. Just uses regular net abilities, uh, but if you weight it down. It'll take a little bit more of an athletics check to use it, but if you do so, they've got um, negatives to, to breaking out of it, depending on what you're trying to net with it, obviously. It will be taken into account. So you head off to the PEA. Uh, you set off a, at a bit of a pace to catch up with um, with Briar, and you catch up to Briar about halfway to the PEA, um, and you walk together. Uh, Did you manage to get your net? I did, thank you, yes. Uh, right. You make your way into the PEA, you meet with uh, Polython, the high elf that's in charge, and you let them, let, let them know um, everything that there is to know. You give them the rundown, expedition dump, blah, blah, blah. Anything else that you want to specifically talk about, or, or you just want to kind of cut to having finished talking to Polython about everything? Let Mel play in the garden a bit. Yeah, Mel's Mel's caught caught up with you as well, and she uh, she comes back into the the um, the the garden, the the greenhouse, and um, the 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 people of the greenhouse have to make sure they keep an eye on her so that she doesn't cross pollinate the plants that they don't they don't want to. But she's playing playing amongst the uh, the flowers that she really loves. I was looking to ask the PEA some of the same questions we asked Kathleen. Ranks, payments, standard operating procedures, but I think I'm the only one there. I don't think you're the only one, Kelso. A few people are interested in uh, in the how the PEA works. Return the potion. That is a good idea. So we see... Um, oh, and also, before I forget, uh, here's the healing potion back. I didn't have to use it. Mel is looking pretty, um, pretty uh, messed up. She's got some... She says, is that right? Is Mel... Uh, let me... She calls her over. Mel, she says in Sylvan. Come, come, please. And Mel buzzes over. She says, um, let me, let me see you. Oh, you're, you took nasty wounds, didn't you, in that fight? Let me heal you up. And, uh, and Polython will cast Cure Wounds on Mel. Taking her back up to full. She cast it at level two. Um, so she's back up to full. Can we get a flower from the PEA for, for Sam? That would be cool. Yes. So we give him the potion back, a uh, little gift for Sam. If I may ask, um, what's a good place to pick up a gift? And Polython says, well, it depends who you're gifting to and what sort of a, a, a event is, is is the reason for the gift. Um, a gift for like someone you're just meeting, someone you're getting to know, maybe. Right. Um, that one on the insight check, so Polython doesn't understand what what you're hinting at or what you're getting at. I I mean, a toy store. The, there's um, there's a couple of carpenters and woodworkers in town that'll make a toy for a gift uh, for a child. Or uh, there's a couple of. I mean, you're what what I I really don't know how to. What sort of gift? Would it be alright for Mel to stay here while we attend some business? Are we going to donate? A lot of people saying donate a donate a gold piece. Um, also, you guys work on donations, right? The uh, the the gold piece that you took for the information from the knights is weighing on your mind. Um, a lot of Apis is feeling guilty about it. 
So you decide to uh, take out a gold piece and say, "Can you can you put this towards your donations?" And maybe in return, I might take a I might take a flower or something, a nice a nice bunch of flowers. I was meaning gifts, in more of the sense that a, a person might give to a romantic partner in uh, Polython at this point. Ah, right. I see. You've got a date. You see, I I have. Um, it's been a while. Right, I, uh, who's your, who's your, uh, lucky lady, man, person? You say, I, person. <laughs> who's your lucky person? <laughs> person says, right, um, you think they might like a flower? I think so. They were wearing a flowery dress. Right, uh, who are they? Do you want to tell them? Do you want to tell, um, you want to tell Polython who, who you are, who your date is with? Most people saying yes. Oh, this is. Does this need a? Does this need a? A poll. You don't know Polython that well. You only met her yesterday. Met them yesterday. All right. Poll sixty-one percent. Yes. Tell Polython who the date's with. Polython says, "Who's the date with?" And you say, "Um, do you know the person who runs the uh, hunting store?" And uh, let me see. It's a pre pretty big town. It's not as small town as Shadridge, so not it's not guaranteed that everybody knows everybody. Um, the person who knows the uh, give me a name. See, uh, Sam. Oh, Sam. Yes, yes. Oh, she's a lovely girl. Um, oh, is that right? <laughs> yes, very, very lovely girl. Um, she used to be one of the the best uh, hunters of of uh, Fondurg, um for a long time. Great many years spent hunting as a kid, um, and then she came back. Well, she came back a changed man. Well, she, I, it's probably somewhat confusing. She she um, she went hunting. She used to identify as male um, uh, for all of her hunting career, um, and then one day came back from the forest and uh, let the rest of us know that she was uh, she was a woman now, and that. It was, um, we weren't sure exactly what had caused the change. She said she had found something in the forest that had interacted with her in a, a, a peculiar manner. Um, but she was felt more comfortable now than she ever had growing up. So that's, uh, that's who she is now. And uh, that was years ago now. Um, but yes, she's a lovely, lovely girl. Um, very friendly. I'm sure she'll. Uh, I, I know just the right thing for her. She um, she she has had her eye on uh, one of the flowers around here um, for a while now, and she she uh, they take you out of the uh, little office, walks walks you across the greenhouse, and takes you uh, a, a couple of clippings of a few different flowers. Starts starts talking to you and putting you to putting um, just small talk while she puts together a little um, a tiny little uh, bouquet. She gives you a bouquet of flowers. She doesn't uh, charge you anything for it because you don't you donated a gold piece to the um, to the the greenhouse, which is more than more than enough for a bunch of flowers. That's for sure. Uh, Briar uh, wishes you well. She's she's gonna bid you adieu at this point. She says she's got more to talk with Polython about. Um, Polython ultimately the discussion with the dragon went well, and Polython took it well. She's she's obviously concerned about the look the. Um, chances, the likely chances that there's a dragon in the Lannis Woods, but knows that um, there's not much she can do about it right now. And she says, we're going to have to take some time to prepare ourselves for uh, for going after it. Um, right before you leave, she, uh, Polython says, um, Apis, 
it would be nice if you were to stick around Fondurg. Um, I, I obviously there's nothing saying you have to stay here, but it would be nice if you were around for a for a while longer until we've got this dragon thing under under control. It seems you will be of great use in in the fight against it uh, should that time come in the recent future. Um, you say I I'll I'll definitely think about it. Is we need to all prepare ourselves for the eventuality that this dragon becomes more of an immediate threat. We need to take some time to um, to prepare ourselves. I understand. Alright, so we uh, leave the uh, the greenhouse. Can we tell more about how your op- op- organization operates? I think I think um, most people are excited for this date and it'll take some time to get back there now. We, it's about 10 minutes walk south of the town and then 10 minutes walk back and it would have taken at least like 20 minutes, half an hour to talk to Polython. So we're pushing our pushing our luck on getting back to our date on time, Kelso. So you can go and you can talk to her at some point about the op- organization a little more um, over the next few days, maybe. All right, so um, we head back to the town. We we stopped at the gate. Uh, we give the give our name and the purpose to the the person on the gate who opens the gate for us. We walk in. We head back to the um, the the uh, hunting shop. And what time is it? It's getting pretty late now, and I've got stuff to do tomorrow. So I think I'm going to leave it there. As we arrive back at the um, at the hunting store, ready to take. Um, Sam out on our date. We'll pick up there next week. And thank you very much for joining me. See you next time. Bye. That's all for this episode of Twitch Tales. But if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision making, head over to twitch.tv forward slash Robert Hartley GM and click the little love heart to follow the channel. It's free to do and it notifies you when I go live so you can tune in to join the fun. I'll see you there.